difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. You got your problems. I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bow cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. You can stay over there. Welcome back, everyone, to It's Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on it is Blue Wire Awesome Network. And joining me on the line, this man here will be fighting once again. It will be Bellator 256. It is This man hopes you get back in the winning ways. He'll be uh, fighting Jordan Lugo in a bantamweight scrap. Well, he hopes that, well, some time off and some uh, training are going to take care of all things that uh, need to be fixed. I give you once again. The green, mean, the mean green fighting machine himself, even Cass Bellock. Cass, let's start off here. You, you are the Lugo. How excited are you just getting back into the cage after all this time off and going, okay, when am I going to fight? When am I going to fight next? When the hell am I going to fight next? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I'm super excited that I get to, you know, fight again. And uh, it's been a while, you know, since my last, my last fight. Um, it's been a long, it's been a while. So it's, uh, I'm glad to finally, you know, finally get the call and be able to, uh, you know, step up in the cage and, uh, show my skills again. You're now Lugo five and oh, you know, he's, he's been where you were. Uh, you see, you've probably seen clips of him. He's, he's a guy that has finally earned his belt for shots. So what does he bring to the table? Like what makes him so difficult to fight compared to, let's say other guys you face? So let's see. Um, well, he brings the table. I mean, he loves switching stances. You know, he's a stand-up dude. He has good takedowns and a good takedown defense and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, he's, you know, kind of, he's all around kind of, you know, a good fighter. You know, he could, like I said, he could switch his stance pretty good. And then he likes to keep it standing, it looks like. And then also he has his ground game that he, uh, you know, that he implies also. So it's going to be, you know, a tough fight. Um it's going to be a great fight. He comes from a, you know, great team, great camp, uh, you know, American top team. And uh, so I'm excited, you know, I'm excited to put my skills to the test again. Um, you know, he'll be, I don't think he'll be my toughest fight. I think Raphael Stotts was my toughest fight that, that I've had so far. Um, but, uh, you know, this is definitely the next, uh, you know, right, you know, right before, you know, he's the next, he's, uh, he's a step right below Raphael Stotts. You know, right there. So I'm, I'm, you know, can't wait to see, you know, how my skills, you know, go up against them. It's gonna be a tough fight. When you have a guy like that who, as you said, he switches stances a lot. No, he basically he throws you off because you never can just get set and go. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, let kick the, you know, the the front leg, or I'm gonna, you know, do a lot of calf kicks. I mean, how tough is it when he's always doing something so that you can't really get a good look? You're always trying to figure, okay. Is he southpaw? Is he, you know, orthodox? What the hell's going on? Does he know what the hell's going on? Oh, so, so I'm sorry. You cut, up, you cut up just for a second. What was that? I was going to say, is it tough fighting a guy like that who he never gives you a straight look? He's always basically oh, yeah. you know, making things difficult. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, when somebody keeps moving and changing, you know, they don't let you get set um, and, you know, to start throwing and stuff. They're always moving, changing directions and stuff. It's definitely, you know. Uh, difficult it's kind of like a next level kind of thing you know when somebody's just stays and you know in southpaw or orthodox stance it's uh you know it's a lot easier to you know to fight somebody like that but when somebody switches, switches stance and is moving so much it definitely makes it difficult 
but luckily for me, I got some, you know, I got a lot of left-handers on the team and then a lot of, you know, right-handers, orthodox on the team. And uh, so I'm pretty, you know, used to going back and forth, switching stances with them and doing all that good stuff. So it should be, uh, you know, I should be definitely ready for, for, for that, you know, especially to switch his stances, sw- switching stances and stuff. Last question, I was before we move on. How much do you feel confident in the fact that he's not really, and as I say this, he's, he's not aggressive. Or a guy who has, you know, his reach and everything, he's very comfortable staying in the middle of a, of a, of a cage. He'll make it come to him. He's a counterfighter. He's a counterpressure. He's, a, he's basically a counterfighter. How much do you look and go, I can use that to my advantage. I don't have to worry about him just putting me on my ass and literally forcing me to have to adapt. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, we kind of fight the same, you know, I'm a counterfighter too. And so, uh, you know, so that's going to be, uh, you know, part, definitely part of the game plan. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but we've been planning, you know, planning all that, you know, especially with this counterfighting and stuff like that. Um, but again, it's just, you know, um, like I said, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, say too much about it, but, uh, we have, you know, our plans for that. We've been training and drilling, um, you know, everything he does and, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's going to be, ex- it's definitely going to be exciting. We'll go back to this in a bit. Take us back to your last fight. It was you versus Rafion Stas. Uh, we, I've had both you guys on the show. Uh, you both yes. had, you know, you said you were going to do this or that. You both had your own game plans. Uh, what went right for you? What went wrong? Uh, when did you feel that, you know, it was going to become a problem that Rafion was able to just use his wrestling? If he wanted to take you down, he doesn't have a lot of guys. He'll take your ass down. Yep. Yep. And control. So he did. Stotts did really good with controlling. You know, he was able to shut me down so I couldn't move. And that really, uh, you know, that really stopped me. Um, so I was really surprised about the control and stuff. Really, with, with that fight, everything went, you know, wrong with my, you know, with me. I went way too aggressive. I saw, I started, you know, seeing more red than thinking like I normally do. Um and uh, I was more, I got like, I played, I played into the fight too, like way too much than I should have. I was, you know, I was so pumped to be there. I was so happy because I haven't fought for, you know, a long time. I was, I was so excited. I, uh, I got too excited, you know, cause I was like, all right, there's not going to be fans. Cause I, I do really well with the fans. So I pumped myself up too much. I got too excited. And then, you know, and just like the whole game plan that we had went out the window, um, you know, with that fight, uh, I wanted to make it a show. I wanted to keep it standing and stuff like that. I thought, you know, that's what we were going to do, even though watching all the tape, you know, he, he is, a, you know, stand up. I mean, not stand up, but he is, you know, uh, a grappler takes, takes you down and holds you and controls you. So I already knew that was going to happen. But at the same time, I was just hoping in my own head, you know, hearing interviews and stuff like that, that we were going to, you know, stand up and, you know, throw and, uh, Unfortunately, that didn't happen as well as I wanted it to, and uh, and like I said, I, I I felt like I beat myself. Like he, you know, not taking anything away from Stotts, he's you know he's tough. He's you know tough as it gets. Competitors in there, and I, he's probably going to be going for the belt here soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, yeah, like I said, my game plan went out the window. I got too excited. I uh, you know, I was just ready to leave. You know, go out on my shield, pretty much. Just like let's go. Um, I was stupid and I watched uh, the movie 300 right before that fight because we were chilling in our hotel room and because uh, they quarant, you know, you have to stay in your hotel room and stuff. So I got too pumped up. I was just, I was too amped. 
I was too amped for that fight. I knew everybody was watching from home. Everybody's watching because there's the first Bellator fight, you know, the first Bellator card on there. So I'm like, man, everyone's watching. We got to make this, you know, amazing, you know, make this amazing shot. And unfortunately, you know, I let, uh, um, it didn't work out that way. One of the things I'm curious about, and maybe I, I will, and some fans I think overreacted, maybe I don't too. How much is it? How much do you wish that he has advantages? And you know, I mean, just a wrestling, I mean, as he said, he, as he, now we were talking with him, I can, you know, pull aside with the Pettis brothers and get the best sparring possible. They're better than almost anybody I'll face in Bellator. Or he'll pull, you know, Emmanuel Gonzalez in there. If I need to spar with anybody, He's probably one of the best in Bellator. Yep. Does it bother you sometimes that, you know, these guys you're facing, Lugo, Stotts, they can just, it's, you know, it's a who's who there in their camps. They can get the best sparring. They can get the best training. They have all these resources. And you, as I said, you're an independent fighter more where you and your team, it's a lot of, you know, talented fighters, but not at the level they have. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, I mean, like they're like at the big gyms like that, like they're so fortunate to have, you know, like, all those, you know, good names, they could find anybody their size. Like, that's the hardest thing for me, for our camp. Like, I have all bigger guys, you know, mostly. I have, you know, a couple of little, you know, two little guys on my on my team, but nothing, you know, like Pettis, you know, Anthony Pettis and, uh, you know, his brother and stuff like that. And so, like, you know, big, bigger gyms, you know, they get people coming, you know, from all around the world to train at their gyms and stuff. And we're still, you know, our gym's still brand new. So we're still working on our name, you know, building it up to eventually, hopefully, be one of the top gyms. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, it's, I definitely get jealous a little bit. It's like, oh man, they get trained with these guys, this guy, this guy, you know, all that. And then, like, it's, like you were saying, you know, they get bring people, you know, they get bring people in and stuff. So it's definitely, uh, you know, they definitely got the advantage on that. Luckily, I, I do have a great coach, and we come up with a great, you know, game plan and stuff. I just have to make sure I follow it and not get too carried away like I do sometimes, um, especially back when I was like amateur. Like I would, I would get it, I'd get too much in my head and stuff and try to do too crazy stuff and try to put on a show when normally, you know, the last five fights that I had besides, you know, Stotts ones, I was just super calm, chilling, flowing, not, you know, not thinking so much about everything, like getting pumped up, like. I would, I'm just like, oh, I'm here. This is another fight. Nothing, you know, in my head. But for some reason, this last fight, I was just, I was, you know, too wild. But then, like, going back with, you know, the your teammates that you get trained with, like, my teammates, like, uh, you know, I got Tyson Miller, and then I have uh, uh, Gabriel Smith and a couple other guys. But, you know, they're amateurs. Tyson Miller's, you know, a pro. Uh, but, again, you know, he's a big, big dude. And I have my coach I can get trained with, too. But, again, you know, it's, you know, different size guys, you know, the speed. You know, like I get the strength and the size of the guys, but, you know, different neck size sizes, you know, trying to trying to choke someone out, you know, especially the big guys, I don't have to squeeze as much. But with the little guys, I got to get my arm, you know, I got to get a little bit more technical and get my arm a little deeper with certain chokes and stuff. So it's definitely that's definitely one of the you know hardest part, especially for us right now is just, you know, finding guys, especially my size, you know, that are quick and that are well experienced, you know, on the level that we're fighting at, you know, it, it's hard, you know, we had a, you know, we're building everything from the ground up. So we're still, you know, the little guys in, you know, in Humboldt County. So but we'll get there soon. How much did last year, and if you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we get Cass Bell here on Mishoa. How much did last year hurt you in terms of, you had gotten to that point now where you were, you know, you had to build a contract. 
You had, you know, you were getting, you're making some, you know, more decent money. And I'm guessing if you could, you could have gone, you know, oh, I'll, maybe I'll go down to AKA and train there for a couple of weeks. Or maybe I'll go down to Team Alpha Male for a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, California shut down, which meant everything literally got shut down. How much do you look at last year as almost like it was a lost year in a lot of ways? A lot of things you wanted, you couldn't do. And a lot of opportunities were just taken away because of COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was a big loss. 2020, you know, it's terrible, you know, just like for everybody. And uh, the biggest thing, too, is just taking that time off. Like, I've never took two months straight off and doing no training, no nothing. And then, you know, getting a call, you know, for a week, say, you want to fight? Of course I want to fight. You know, I'll fight in three days if I had to, you know, whenever, as long as I can make the weight. And uh, that was, yeah, that was the hardest part because, you know, I've been training my whole, you know, not my whole life, but, you know, training since I started, you know, with Del Tor and at my amateur career, never taken you know, more longer than longer than two weeks off. So taking two months and being older, it was, you know, it was hell. It was, it was uh, the hardest thing to get back. Like first day in the gym, I was like trying to lift weights and try to do everything I normally do. I'm like, Oh no, I'm out of shape. Like I was like thinking this whole time, like I was like my, you know, we were running. So my cardio was decent. It was okay. But like everything else was just so out of shape, like lifting weights, like only lift weights like four times that week. Or I mean that, that fight camp, cause I just got too sore, way too sore. So, I mean, it was, it was a whole nother experience going into that fight. Like, Oh man, I'm like amateur. Uh, I'm like when I was amateur back in the day, like my, how shape, like the shape I was in um, besides like my cardio, I thought my cardio was good, but just like my skills were off, you know, everything was just off. I wasn't, you know, wasn't myself. And, uh, and, you know, like, uh, luckily I learned though, I learned from this. So I know next time and from anybody else I'm coaching down the road or something like that, like, no, we can't take no two months off, especially when you're, you get older, you know, when I was younger, it was a different, you know, whole different bit, you know, different thing. Like you just keep going and going, but getting older now, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, hard just to get jumped back in the gym and try to go, you know, 80 to hundred percent, um, you know, for, you know, four weeks straight. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy. And then, you know, with COVID, that, the hardest thing too is, yeah, like, you know, training with people, you know, getting, you know, we, you know, we had it, we had to shut down for a good few months and then we got that call. So it was like, okay, everyone let's come back to the gym and then start training, you know, and uh, everyone be careful because, you know, it's COVID and stuff. So we got to, you know, be careful, watch out who you hang out with. We got to be, you know, wash our hands. And, you know, we, we started training with dummies a lot of the times. Like, all right, we're going to train with dummies. And then we're like, you know what, screw this. Like, we need to, you know, actually get physical with each other and you know and actually you know roll and train like we normally do um but yeah covid like 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 you were saying covid was uh yeah i 2020 i wish uh didn't happen but at the same time when i took that fight you know i knew i was five and oh and i knew stats was the toughest you know fighter i ever you know I've ever faced but i knew too like if i took a loss right now it wouldn't be the end of the world you know, it's like, all right, I get, you know, it's a good chance. I get a fight. I get make, I get, get paid and I'm fighting on the first Bellator card. You know, in my head, it was more like, oh, this is going to be a huge thing. You know, this is going to get my, my fan base and everyone's going to be able to watch, you know, more than, you know, you know, get my name up there more and, you know, help Bellator out too. You know, take, we're, we're all taking the fight on a, you know, short notice fight. So it was, you know, Stotts also, you know, we were all taking the, you know, short notice fight. Um, but I definitely heard that he was able to train, you know, the whole time and not really take any time off. So, uh, so I knew going in there, it was going to be a tough, tough fight. And I had a good chance of, you know, losing it, but I was like, I'm five and oh, I could be, if I do lose this, I'll be five and one, 
but again, you know, I have, you know, my whole, whole career to, you know, keep pushing. So hopefully, you know, last, my last, my last loss right there. And, uh, you know, keeps me going. It all comes down once again, as you mentioned, it's, uh, going to be Bell tour 256, a cheetah versus Bader. It's going to be you, yep. Jornel Lugo, April 9th showtime. It's, it's as I said, He's five and zero. Oh. He he is like you, boy. Back in the day, his feeling is no big deal. I'm going to steamroll through this division. I'm going to beat everybody up. I've just done it before. He's five and zero. Oh. You know, the losses here. How big is it for you to basically, you know, get things started, making start doubting things, make him realize this isn't the last five fights. These aren't going to be just guys who are overmatched. But to see that he's in actually for the first time, maybe in his career, pro career at least, a real fight. Yep, no, exactly. He's, you know, like uh, with him fighting me, it's going to be a, you know, big step up, I believe, in his, uh, in his opponents, just like in my opponents, uh, besides Stott. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, definitely going to be, you know, big step up. So I believe he's going to bring, you know, the best he can be in that fight. And uh, I know he's training, you know, super hard every day as much as he can, just like I am. And, uh, you know, it's going to be fireworks. So I'm super excited for this fight. And uh, I'm, you know, glad because I, I was watching him coming up a little bit, um, you know, when he first fought. He fought twice now in Bellator. And, uh, you know, he's just, you know, his skills, you know, his skills are up there, especially for, you know, being, you know, the, you know, he was 3-0 you know, at the time. And then, you know, being 4-0, now 5-0, like, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, a tough competitor. So I'm super excited to, you know, do this. My plan, my plan is, and I have no, you know, I, have, I don't, you know, I, I, I like uh, Scott. Scott's is a great person, awesome dude. But again, you know, one day I hope to get my rematch. So my plan is to hopefully, uh, you know, win two more fights and hopefully Stotts keeps winning his fights too. And then hopefully I could, you know, get my rematch with it and we could, you know, I could give a better show than I did my last showing. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I give you it is the mean green fighting machine himself. I give you his cast bell. Uh, cast, before let's go. Where can the fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? All right. So you guys can find me at Cass Bell MMA. Um, that's on Twitter. That's also on Instagram. Again, it's Cass Bell, C-A-S-S, Bell, B-E-L-L, and M-M-A. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, just as Cass Bell. I got the green hair, so you can't really miss it. Uh, my sponsor for this fight um, of course, my gym, Institute of Combat, um, which we're located in Arcade and Fortuna in California. We're also 21 Grams Gym, where I've been, you know, since my strength and conditioning from the beginning. Um, I also got Active Care, um, which has been with me for a while. I got Adventures Edge, where uh, you can buy all your outdoor supplies. That. And then I got Human Truth Body Works, who's uh, Jack Collins, who's been with me forever. He fixes fixes me up whenever I have any, you know, injuries or anything like that. I got Redwood Coast CBD water, who keeps me, uh, you know, hydrated and uh, keeps me going. And then I also got New Wave Realty, which uh, they've been with me for a couple years now. And uh, and so far, that's, uh, that's it for sponsors. But I will. Oh, actually, I have Visual Concepts too, who do all my shirts. And uh, which we're going to come with, up with a new shirt here soon. Like I do every fight. Every fight's a custom new shirt. And it's, uh, you can really only get, you know, every time they come out, you can only get them once. You know, I only sell them for per fight. Um, and then 
I think that's pretty much it. I do have a couple of new sponsors coming up in the works that we're working on. Um, and then also I got to throw out my, uh, you know, my wrestling team, my kids out there wrestling and stuff, kicking butt. Uh, Cause they, you know, they give me the drive to keep going. And uh, I guess that's, uh, that's it. Cash Bell, ladies and gentlemen, once again, he'll be fighting April 9th, only Bellator 256. Uh, check your time local listen to details on Showtime. We come back. Got a whole lot more here going on only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Back everyone to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on it is Blue Wire Hustle Network. And joining me on the line, this man here. Well, the champ is here, ladies and gentlemen. It was a five-round grueling fight. It was wrestling, striking, a war of attrition. But afterwards, he will now be defending his title. It will be the first week of May, only on Showtime. I give you once again the Spaniard himself. Maybe Juan Archuleta. Juan. Well, what's up, dude? How you doing? You can now call yourself Bellator Bantamweight Champion of the World. Oh, yeah. Yep, new world champ uh, for Bellator Bantamweight. Exciting and uh, ready to defend now. So we're going to go into your title of defense in a bit. First, take me back to that fight because that was a fight. Yeah, he brought, we talked about Patrick Mix. Patrick Mix is going to bring everything in the first two rounds. He you know, use a lot of his wrestling, you know, you know, threaten with submissions. Take me back to that third round, because that was when you really took over. Uh, what gave you confidence? What gave you the, you know, the confidence that you could break it, but you could break the round, break the momentum, and then start taking over? Yeah, I mean, we did a lot of study on, on, on the fight, and uh, knowing that he had a lot of first-round finishes, he was going to come in with that confidence to – uh, you know, even in a lot of his interviews and stuff, he was saying how he was going to come out and finish me first round, first round, second round. And it's like, oh, okay, he doesn't want to fight. You know, he doesn't want to stay in there in the long, grueling fights. He wants to hurry up, get in, and get out. So, weather the storm, you know, let him throw the kitchen sink at me in the beginning and then start slowly taking away his confidence because, I mean, he hadn't lost a fight at all in amateur and pro. So, that's the type of people I like fighting because they come in there with such high confidence that the 
down hit and they didn't get the finish, they start second guessing their skills, their cardio, and um, you know, just are they gonna be able to do it? And that's when I when I was able to take over and just weather the storm and then start dictating my own pace. As I said, it's 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 a special kind of win when you get a fight like that because it's not you know a one punch did it. It's not like one kick did it or one move. That was a breakdown and everything. And one of the things I was impressed with was from the first round to the you know in the latter rounds, you went to the body, body shots, body yeah. shots. How much of that was by design to basically go, okay, I'm going to take away your cardio before you even know it. So that you know, third round, fourth round, you're gassing for air. Yeah, I mean, during practices, um, you know, you kind of feel how body shots affect you throughout the whole practice. And so our coaching um, that we have and, uh, you know, the just everyone, all the, all the teammates I have, they learn how to, um, you know, you learn how to break people down. And, you know, I was able to implement it in my fight. And that's what we wanted to do is, you know, take away his cardio, take away his tools and then make him fight, you know see how much of a fight he had in him, which he did. You know, he, he stayed in there all five rounds, swung back, trying to withstand my storm that I gave on him. And uh, it ended up being a, a great fight. What's it, what is it like afterwards when it's after all this grueling, as you said, it, it, this is a fight. He, he brought everything to the table. He did not wilt. And when you get your hand raised, when you hear those stories, how for you was it just – Pure happiness of everything, of the full journey, struggling through, you know, the independence, struggling through, you know, sometimes, you know, these fights where weight, you know, weight cuts suck, injuries are building up. How much did this sort of validate all the sacrifices? All right, you know what? It makes sense now. There was, you know, I, it's the end of a rainbow. I actually now can say I am a champion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely gratifying and keeps you humble to know that when you do all the right things, when you're out there sacrificing, missing birthdays, missing Christmases, you know, things like that, it just validates why you do it, you know, to secure your family's uh, future. And, you know, after winning like that, it's just like, man, now you're able to sit down as a family, as a team, as, you know, teammates and reevaluate some new goals and new stepping stones that you want to reach or some of the bigger goals that you have um you know there are little steps to get there and it keeps you motivated to keep grinding to keep trying to accomplish those big goals we turn our attention now to it's going to be your first title defense sergio pettis this is a name this this is a guy who was a top you know free agent from the ufc does that make it more i don't want to say like you know more pressure but does it make it more for you just motivation in terms of there's always, you know, guys, oh, well, yeah, he's a nice Bellator fighter, but he couldn't hang of the UFC, or he's a nice, you know, fill-in-the-blank fighter, one FC, uh, you know, KSW, but he's not UFC. This is a guy who's been in the UFC. This is a guy who was, you know, the best in business in that, in that company. How much do you enjoy this and that? It's going to be a parameter. It's, all right, if you beat him, people have to recognize you as one of the best in the world, doesn't matter what organization bar none. Yeah, I mean, those are just insecurities that uh, a lot of media puts on fighters, right? I mean, I don't give a shit if I fight for who I fight for. I did it in King of the Cage. I still had no insecurities. I knew I was a four division champ. People could say anything they want, but they 
the things I've done in my career have never been done before. Um, you know why? Because people are like, oh, I want to hurry up and go to the next level. Well, me, I've been making a career out of this. I, I care less uh, the insecurities people try to put on fighters um, about, oh, certain promotions. For me, I know who I train with. I know where I stand. So I don't have those insecurities or those those chasing the dragon type moments of like, I have to prove myself. I prove myself every day in the gym with my teammates. I got a guy, Brian Ortega, that's, you know, fighting for the world title. I train with TJ Dillashaw, Cub Swanson, Lance Palmer, who's a two-time champ for PFL, you know? So, you know, to, for people to be like, oh, you're finally fighting a guy in the UFC. Well, when I was in the King of the Cage, I, I, my first title fight was against a guy that was in the UFC. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me none. Um, you know, it is what it is, and uh, Sergio is a gamer, and that's that's the fight I'm looking forward to, not not a UFC veteran. I'm looking forward to Sergio Pettis, who's even better than when he left the UFC. So what makes Sergio dangerous? I mean, when you broke breaking down, broken down the tape, and you and your team have dissected everything, and you've seen him fight because he's been on TV, what makes him an effective fighter? He knows how to win. He knows how to play the distance. He knows how to win a fight. Um, you know, he's he definitely, if he knows he's not going to end the fight, he'll he'll know how to win a round to make sure he wins the fight. How much is it, I don't want to say easier, but is it, is, it, is it tougher or easier fighting a guy like this who, it's not like Patrick Mix who's bigger or physical. He's a guy who he'll do the long game. He you know, he's not going to come in harder. I mean, it's easier for you to have that guy who you, can, you might be able to catch him early because, as you said, he sometimes gets caught in that. You know, we've seen him get knocked out. We've seen him lose because a guy will try to catch him quickly. Does that matter or not Or not at all? This is still a guy you look at and go, I got to take him seriously. Yeah, you know, his taekwondo is dangerous. Just like Patsy's mix uh, ground game was dangerous. I'm going to be you know, the fight starts standing. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to find a way to close the distance because he's really good at distance control and then explore, exploiting uh, your weaknesses when he has it, has the correct distance to, you know, throw fast shit that he does or, you know, the Taekwondo type um, 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 style that he has that is unorthodox for a lot of fighters. So it's going to definitely, I'm going to definitely have to watch his range and watch, um, you know, where I put myself in certain situations because it could be a, a, a fast night for him, um, you know, on ending the fight or it could end up being a, a long night for me, which is exciting. Why I love long nights and like going all five rounds. So, you know, if I'm able to control that distance and that range, it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long night for us. To... If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got a, it's, uh, Juan Archuleta on the show, the Spaniard. Uh, we're talking all things, of course, his big title win. We're talking about title defense here. I want to. How much? Who did it mean more to winning the title? You or your family? Because you're very humble about all this, and you take it in stride. I'm guessing though the family, you know, your, your children, your wife, who's also your manager, they must have thought they must have been just ecstatic because they've been around for the journey. They've seen everything. They've been there when, as you said, you've missed out on parties, and it's just heartbreaking when you're. There's days that just you want to have a, a big glass of water. You can't because it'll put on weight when you're just, you know, your legs are hurting, your your back is hurting, your your ears are probably, you know, free because of damn, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. How much did this mean to them seeing you just accomplish the goal? Yeah, they love it. I mean, 
it's just been like a dream come true winning uh, on one of the biggest stages on on uh, MMA's platform with Bellator, you know, but we all know it's not the ultimate goal, you know, so once we won, we said, okay, you know, we celebrated and then now it's time to move on and, and be ready for the next chapter in our lives, which is defending the belt, being a true champion and going out there and putting it on the line and you know, and still making exciting fights and still staying hungry in order to make these exciting fights happen, you know, because uh, once you stay, get content, you know, there's not very good performances you have. We don't look at wins and losses. Uh, and that's what I've told my kids and my family and my teammates since day one. We don't look for the wins and losses. We look for the performances, you know, and uh, obviously if you're basing your career off your performances, you could always do better and always want better out of yourself if you're a realist and uh that's where we were, where we were at. It gets tougher now because you're not, you, as somebody said, being the man, staying the man are two different things. And I've interviewed Cass Bell and we had on Jordan Lugo. They're already talking about, well, yeah, we're getting ready for our fight, but we're also now we're getting ready for Spanish. We're, we're working on a game plan for him. You talk to Rafion Stas and he's already saying, yeah, I'm getting ready for this because eventually he's either Pettis or Juan Archuleta and, I got to have a plan ready for Juan Archuleta. Everybody in this division now, no matter what they're doing, you are now the you are the hunted. You are the one we're looking at going, okay, we got to figure out a way to beat him. Right now, how much difficult does that make your job in that you have all these people who are now obsessing over you? They're going to try to figure out a way, whether it's their coaches, the fighters, they're all trying to figure out the answer to how to beat Juan Archuleta. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's when – people start staying stagnant is when they're focusing on other people. Uh, me, I'm focusing on always still getting better. I'm only six, seven years into the sport. I mean, I'm, I'm still young, you know, I'm still hungry and I'm still wanting to learn it. And I know I don't know it all. So I'm out there better perfecting my, my craft, perfecting my skill set on every level, you know, and it's the people that slow down and start saying, okay, these guys are after me or like, okay, I won the world championship. Now, what else is there? Well, for me, it's still finding the next best fighter that's just as hungry, has just the uh, um, same hype that I do to to compete against them, bring the best out of me. You know, uh, obviously, Horiguchi is, you know, was the champion and relinquished his belt. So it's still rightfully his crown. You know, it's just, you know, I'm just in this position. Uh, so now I get to defend it and show that I, I am the champion. But at the same time, still got to pay respect to the guy who didn't hold up the division and relinquish his title due to injury. But, you know, I try, we try to make that fight happen. And the organization, obviously, uh, their organization didn't want it to happen. Um, you know, they played a lot of games. So we went on to the next best thing, which was uh, Sergio, which is to defend the title now. Because if you give the guy the opportunity to come back and fight for his title and they don't take it, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, keep trying to call him out. It's like, no. All right. If you don't want the shot, obviously I got to go to the next the next person in line, which is Sergio. And uh, so for me, it's always finding that next best uh, performer out there to go put on a performance with. You know, as I said, you're now a champion. You are, and you're a guy that has built a lot of goodwill with Bellator. You've done everything you've wanted here. What do you want? I mean, because you can now start dictating things. You can now start pushing for things. Is there a part of you that wants to do is maybe cross promotional fights, whether it's one FC, KSW, defend your title against Rise and Horiguchi. I mean, how much of how much of this for you, as you said, it's all you've always said it's about pushing yourself, the boundaries, the performances. How much of it is how much a part of you wants to start going, okay, 
I want to start going after all the champions. I want to be able to go and beat everybody in the organization and show that I am I can handle any style, any tactic, anything you do. I can overcome because I have become that much. Of a- yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing for me is going out there and 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 challenging myself and challenging my skill set to those levels of uh, people that are you know willing to do it. Um, unfortunately, you got a lot of people that aren't willing to do it, so. Uh, you know, kind of puts a damper on things. Um, but first and foremost, you got to be able to defend your belt to, uh, for, against the number one contender in order to prove yourself as champion status. And that's what's going to happen May 7th is I'm going to be able to go out there and prove myself as championship status and then talk about these fights with, you know, cross promotions and going after people's belts. And hopefully 1FC and, and, and uh, Resin step up and, you know, want to put their titles on the line because, we all know Coker's not afraid to do that, and uh, he prides himself in the champions he has, and know that he has the best champions in the in MMA, and he's willing to, to put that to the test. And uh, you know, some people are nervous to do that because they, you know, whatever it may be, egos or whatever it is, um, you know, it, it puts a damper in some of the fighters' uh, ability to show their skill set. But for us, we'll do it as it comes, you know. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are proud to have on the show with none other than the champion. Once again, the Bellator Bantamweight champion of the world. I give you it's Juan Archuleta. Juan, before I let you go, where can the fans check you out at? Where's the Twitter page, the Instagram, the website, and who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up in May? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram, JRTMMA. Same thing with Twitter. And then Facebook is Juan Archuleta. Uh, follow the journey. You know, I've been posting a lot about this upcoming fight, so you're going to see a lot of training and who I train with, um, you know, on, on these sites. You know, uh, my sponsors right now are looking like Monster, CBD, Legacy Builders, obviously training with the training lab. Sam Calavita does all my nutrition and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, this, you know, if you follow my page, you'll see everyone that supports the team and, you know, couldn't be more blessed than have a family that has Juan Archuleta, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have him on the show. When we come back, though, we got a whole lot more going on only on It Is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on It Is the Blue Wire Hustle Network.
we're back once again only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And I want to thank my two wonderful guests. We had earlier none other than uh, the green-haired uh, fighting machine himself, Cass Bell. Wish him best of luck against Florian Lugo only on Bellator 256 on Showtime. It'll be April 9th. And then the first week of May, well, this may be in action once again. Juan Archuleta, always great having a champ on the show and They'll be defending his title for the first time ever against Bellator's uh, high free agent signing event division, Sergio Pettis. That's going to be a barn burner. Uh, this weekend, it's going to be a bit quiet for the fights. You know, you have a UFC fight card at, well, basically uh, ESPN Plus, as always, or ESPN, ESPN2. It's going to be Brunson versus Kevin Hollard. It's stacked full of prospects, and... As I said, there's some you know interesting fights. Marion Renault, she'll be fighting as Macy Chassion. Uh, that's a good fight on 135. You have Grant Dawson against Leonardo DeSantos. Winner bet at 155 becomes possibly a top 10 contender. Uh, tied to Ivasa versus Harry Hunsicker should be fun as long as it lasts. You have the Turner Gregor Gillespie. And Max Griffin versus Kenan Song will be just fireworks. That, to me, is the fight of the night. Mark it down, but... In terms of you know big name appeal, it's it, you're seeing right now with UFC that it's you know if it's a pay per view they're stacking the cards up heavily. If it's not, they'll sometimes use these cards to just get fights for all these guys. And look, they have a roster still over 500 fighters. You're trying to get everybody on the card. And this card, look, it went through some changes. You had Jamal Hill versus Paul Craig. Uh, Hill pulled out of a fight. You had. Trevin Giles versus Drickus Dupuis. That got, you know, Dupuis pulled out. Cheyenne Byers versus King Hansen. That was a great fight, but that got pulled. It, you know, this happens, and we're going to see what happens going forward here, you know, with the UFC, because they want to do more fights, you know, indoors. They want to do more fights with crowds. How is it going to work with COVID? All this is going on here. We're trying to figure it out as we're going along, but it should be interesting. The other big story this week from, from combat sports was the retirement of Habib Nurmagomedov. And look, Habib had been saying this for a while. It wasn't new. Like when he, after his father passed away and he defended the title, he said, I'm done. I don't see myself fighting ever again. And we all sort of poo-pooed because we thought, oh, you know, fighters don't retire. But when you take into effect his father passing away, his coach also was a big blow, but he has a lot of money. That family had been pushing for him to retire. You know what? This this week was finally Dana White just going, yep, I, I've tried. I'm, he's relinquishing the title. We're going to move forward with Chandler versus Oliveira. That should be a fun scrap. We'll see what happens with, you know, can Chandler basically knock at Oliveira? Can Oliveira submit Chandler? Those are some good questions going forward. But either way, you look and go, you can't fault the guy for retiring on top. You can't fault the guy, especially in a brutal sport, when he's made money, when he has enough to go, I'm done. I'm just I'm checking you out. This is it. And we'll see what happens going forward. But either way, as I said, this was something that we all knew. We just didn't want to admit it because we wanted to see, you know, Nurmagomedov start making history, start, you know, becoming, dare I say, one of the greatest of all time. But it is what it is. Uh this weekend of boxing, if you want, there are some key fights. We'll, we'll start off with the zone in the main event. It's 
Virgilius Ortiz versus Maurice Hooker. It's a crossroads fight for Hooker. He's trying to show, but he still is a guy that can make noise at 147. For Ortiz, he's trying to do something different. He's a guy who's he's passed all the prospect tests. He's shown he's a legitimate, you know, top 20 fighter. He wants a big fight. And look, if he wins, then there's a lot of possibilities. If he wins this fight, you're talking possibly maybe a unification fight with, of all people, Terrence Crawford. You're talking maybe getting in a hunt for Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Mike Garcia. You're talking fighting one of the PBC guys. And yes, I get it. That could be just a lot of things, basically, that you're looking at going, maybe could have, should have, would have, but we'll find out what happens here. The other fight I want to talk about, though, is another crossroads fight. Christoph Lewacki versus Lawrence uh, Akali. And look, Akali's been the guy that everybody's been saying, oh, he's the next big thing at cruiserweight. And he's, you know, put on some more weight, he'll be a heavyweight. This is going to be a test. Lewacki, as we know, has gone into enemy territory, and he's done it before. He did it with years back in the PBC on Spike, where he marched into New Jersey Took on me, called with the best cruiserweight champion of the last 20 years, Marco Hook, and knocked him out in the 11th round to win the title. He's beaten Steve Cunningham. I mean, Christoph Glowakin is a guy that you look and go, he's that Polish, you know, kind of fighter, goes in there, just going to put pressure, try to bang you out, knock you out. Nothing really fancy. You know what he is, but he is just a beast in the ring. And if you're a collie, you know, you've done well. You know, you've so far he's 15-0 with 12 knockouts. But this is a huge step up from, you know, your Eves Nagabu, your Nokadem Juzwicks, who are, you know, nice regional fighters, nice prospects. Glowacki's only lost twice. Once to Maris uh, Bredis, which a lot of people thought was a bit honky back there in, La- in Riga, Latvia. The other time, too, Alexander Yusik. And those are two guys who are damn good fighters, maybe the best in the division. So we'll see what happens here. That will also be on the zone earlier on. We're looking forward to it here. But we can wrap this up. So once again, for Juan Archuleta, for Cass Bell, this is Chris Connerson. I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action, though, coming up only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. <laughs>